0: Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. Are you ready to take your life to the most incredible level possible in 2016? Well, we've had three sold out wellness summits these last few years, but honestly, nothing comes close to the wellness breakthrough, and we have just three spots remaining. Your favorite wellness couch experts, the wellness guys, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Quirky Cookings, Joe Whitten, Marcus Pierce, and of course, Carl Brock are gathering in the Dandenong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5th to the 7th. But again, there's only three spots available. Entry to the Breakthrough is by application only, and to apply, simply email your contact details to marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: Welcome to Backchat, exploring the five pillars of health with Dr. Paul Bergamo and Dr. Anthony Coxon. Welcome to Backchat. My name is Paul Bergamo, and it's great to be here in our next podcast. Backchat is about being your best, it does this by exploring the five pillars of health. It refers to being your best in thinking, moving, eating, sleeping, and also in your neurology. Today, we're going to explore the health pillar of being your best with all five pillars with our wrap-up podcast for 2016 of our first 15 podcasts. To help me today, as always, it's a great pleasure to introduce my fellow and co-host, Dr. Anthony Coxon. Hi, Anthony. How are you going?
0: I'm great, Paul. And well, you know what? We made it. We did it. We've done it. The wow. year is is here. The year end is here. We've I've been sitting in this chair in your uh, home office for sixteen podcasts now. <laughs> Studio Ringwood, uh, yes, yes. And look, I've enjoyed it. I've really it's have. Been we've, great. we've we've spoken to some terrific people. I've learned a lot, and I yeah. hope our listeners have uh, enjoyed um, you know us, and I hope they've enjoyed the people we've been talking to.
1: You know, it, all, it actually all started on the 4th of March when we actually had uh, the release of Dr. Paul Noon in our inaugural Backchat podcast. He's a pretty amazing man, isn't he, Paul? Fantastic. A real mentor for you and I and, and yep. the
0: perfect person to, uh, to start, kick off
1: Backchat. And, you know, I mean, from my personal perspective, I think one of the, the, the most fantastic things that came across to me was his concept of fulfillment. You know, and it's something that we've talked a bit about, haven't we, before we talking to Paul about the concept of how the society and the world looks for this concept of happiness. And you and I have been privileged enough to spend time working out how the brain works a bit more with our neurology postgrad studies. And I think Paul had one of those moments where it all fell for me in clarity when he said and explained the fact that to use the brain, we've got to use the brain through all emotions. Yes. You know, it's not just being happy. It's, it's actually working through when we're sad. It's working through when we're frustrated. It's working through when we're angry and understanding in a way that actually that's not too bad for the brain.
0: Well, obviously the conversation was all about neuroplasticity. That was the topic and it was in his final wrap-up when he asked him about what's your take-home message and he said, don't pursue happiness, pursue fulfilment. And I think we were both quite moved by that. I was a bit surprised about how that had a bit of an an emotional sort of hit to me and Mm. I've used that and uh, paraphrased that uh, quote from Wolf many times with patients and uh, in other situations, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah,
1: and I think also just the you know us not being focused on anger all the time, or you know being um, sad all the time. We understand that it's going to be part of our lives, but just to work through that process, it's it's human to be like that. It's okay to be like that. Yeah. But then getting back on the on the wagon of productivity and trying to be effective and help people and and uh, use our brains to so its its full potential.
0: Yeah. Respect and understand that all those emotions have a pri- have a um, uh, place in in our lives. Number two was with uh, Dr. Scott Wostenberg, a chiropractor and, uh, who has a Master's in Nutrition. And this is where we went from being, I guess, the more general neuroplasticity yes. to talking about something very specific, and it was about autism. Yes. And his personal story with it he had with his daughter, May, who was, re- uh, was normal in her milestones yes. up to about yeah. the age of 18 months, and then a change happened. Yeah, look it was pretty amazing wasn't it? Uh, well look he she had some regression in her health and uh, as is often the case with with autism it's a very difficult diagnosis to, mm. to make and uh, it took uh, a number of practitioners and, and a lot of time and energy for uh, Scott to really understand that his daughter had uh, autism but the real clicker the real changer wasn't there wasn't it's not so much a magic pill here because mm. there is no magic pill no, to there's these not. Situa- no. situations but he did explain how emphatically her health changed when he may have put in certain nutritional mm. changes that were extremely difficult. Uh, I remember you was explaining how his mm. wife had to leave yes. the room. It was. Five or six days of... Um, the Mexican standoff, remember it was. that? was, yes. I think that's how he yes. described it. Yes. And gave some great information about things like the Mind Foundation uh, and how the effects of gluten and milk protein mm. really uh, have on autism. So anyone who's interested in children's health in general, but particularly around autism, that's a, a must-listen-to
1: uh, podcast, that one. Fantastic. And we moved on to podcast three in April, and we uh, listened to Dr Margaret Beavis, and she was actually our first GP, wasn't she? She was, yes, and she was terrific. Yeah, and look, with her experience and her qualifications and crossing different genres from uh, education in practice, politics, I think, as well. She did some work with politics as well. She does. Yeah, She's a member of the Greens and has run for, for parliament. And her topic was around exercise and living longer. And, uh, you know, she was fantastic in regards her knowledge base and her, her postgraduate work linking a lot of data that's from epidemiological studies and then, then making it something which can be used for councils in regards to trying to increase um, you know, the, the network of bike tracks and um, increasing more exercise incidentally as much as possible, which is such an important part because to to marry those two sort of concepts is, is pretty difficult to do. Well, some of the really important stats that came out of that, I remember her saying
0: how that if you live in inner city Melbourne, yep. you actually walk more than if you live in outer yes. Melbourne. So the whole thing about that people's access to public transport directly affects their physical activity, which directly affects health outcomes for that community. So simply by improving public transport infrastructure will improve... Health of a, of a of a whole community, so very powerful stuff. I thought.
1: Yeah, it was excellent. And you know, some of the, the, the one of the key homes there was just trying to get thirty minutes of exercise at least five times a day. So it's really just that concept we love hearing, and we've preached so much on on back chat, movement, movement, movement as as much as possible. And
0: keeping with the GP theme, podcast four was with integrative GP uh, Tanya Ash. And once again, we were went back to the uh, particular condition base mm. and we were talking about moulds and... Lyme disease, and I learned that uh, Lyme disease comes from a, the town Lyme in Connecticut, where That's this right. problem all started from. And of course, um, the whole thing with uh, with the mould thing, most of us have grown up, and I think I, in the, I gave the example of some of my <laughs> university accommodation. Right. You pull, in, what's that smell? You pull up the carpet, and it's that that horrible white sort of stain, and you and and but the problem is that those spores can uh, get into the air they can be inhaled and for certain members of the population that can be a real problem most people they'll deal with it fine but Mm. for certain members definitely this can be a real health problem one of the things i really got out of that was one of her take-home messages that if you experience fibromyalgia if you experience chronic fatigue then get checked for things like lyme disease and molds because they are the I guess the silent background problems that uh, a lot of health practitioners may miss,
1: and I think also because of the fact of that, you know, the, the, if there's a neurological aspect, it, it would go down the neurologist's pathway. But if it's if it's a systemic condition such as Lyme disease, often can take a while to be diagnosed because uh, it's in a specialist's hands. We may manage it for a period of time, and if we don't sort of connect it all together, then. Uh, we can have a situation where the diagnosis is delayed and then uh, management t- becomes a problem. One other
0: thing that I liked from, from Tanya, uh, another term that I'd never heard before, is
1: a biological
0: builder. Uh, so, this is someone who comes in and ah, uh, yes, yes. looks at uh, homes for not only for, for mm. molds, but for many other sort of problems within the home that mm. can affect the health. So, very important, of course, if, if there is rising damp, whether it's an old home mm. where the rising damp is clear or maybe a new home where the plumbing hasn't been mm, sort of put together as well, quickly, yeah. yeah. getting a, a, a building biologist in there to uh, uh,
1: remediate a damp home or, or sort out those sort of problems is really important. We moved on to podcast number five with uh, our very first inspirational uh, individual, didn't we, Anthony? So uh, with Backchat, we, we look at health experts, and we've had some amazing people, but this one to me was really, really special. Yeah, Lisa Cox. She was obviously someone who's
0: had an, an acquired mm. brain injury, and it was a, it's you know a serious injury. But to mm. see the steps that she's taken to overcome that, and, and the progress that she's made,
1: was really quite inspiring. Look, I, I think when when I said to my wife and kids we we're going to interview Lisa, and they actually heard the podcast back, they were really emotional listening back to it. It was probably our most touching podcast, I'd suggest, and. And I think you know to see what that lady's come through and her family that 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 the incredible support. I still see those photos um, that she shared with us with her mum around her at, at the time when uh, she was in intensive care and afterwards. And you know how strong is that woman? She was amazing, Liz, and how she has now taken her her um, her challenges and turned them into situations of positivity where she's an ambassador for the organization, Synapse, and um, and has an, an amazing attitude where she's, um, I think one of the things she said, one of her take-home messages was you're ultimately in control of your own life and, and responsible for all your actions. So she didn't use that sort of situation where she was uh, uh, challenged to sort of stop her from doing things in life. She was amazing.
0: It would have been so easy just to sit back and say, poor me, and, yeah. and play the victim, but she certainly did, didn't do that and doesn't do that. and. And the fact that she sort of, you know, has such a great message to share, and she's sharing it through organisations like Synapse, um, I think it's just fantastic. So podcast number six, Genevieve Keating. We went back to the chiropractors uh, here. And, of course, uh, Genevieve is uh, a mother, chiropractor, and educator. And this was all about positive neurodevelopment from baby to child, a really interesting mm. uh, podcast really for anyone who has children. So parents would certainly be in, interested in this one understanding how the brain develops, how it starts with primitive reflexes that are sort of set there in the nervous system, uh, such as the the sucking reflex, for example, that Mm -hmm. uh, is is important for for breastfeeding, and how a certain environment will, over time, those primitive reflexes will change to more postural reflexes
1: Mm -hmm. to suit the appropriate development of the child. It's amazing. And, And I think I remember you talking about marking and measuring and how it's an important process we do in practice. And you know, being able to measure milestones of of babies to childrens and making sure it's their age appropriate with their development is, is so important. And in chiropractors you look at pediatrics, has been an important part of their practice. It's it's something that we uh, constantly measure, and also maternal health nurses measure as as well. That uh, a certainly important. Um, um, uh, developmental milestones to achieve. Well, I think uh, maybe it's a bit of a
0: chiropractic thing, but of course, Jem was right on all about neuroplasticity. So mm. a bit similar to uh, to our interview with uh, with Paul Noon. Uh, and what was really interesting is um, you know the way the nervous system develops is dependent, yes, on our sensory uh, input. So what sort of senses we experience in our environment, but how Jem was saying that that social engagement was really mm. the thing that develop uh, that drives development. And that you know, neuroplasticity is a gift. Our children's brains grow and change in that rich social environment. So, yeah, a, a great podcast that one. Excellent. And then
1: podcasts seven, eight, nine. Dr. Yes, these were these were big ones, weren't they? Well, look, it was, and look, we uh, were, were amazed. And through, through our uh, alliance with uh, Dr. Noon, we were able to interview Professor Ted Carrick on uh, on, a, on a triple podcast series. And we started with number seven in June on uh, the past components of functional neurology where uh, it was, it was an, an amazing walk down, I suppose, memory lane for someone like Professor Carrick. Well, to understand that he's a
0: person... It's sometimes nice to understand with people who have a high-profile uh in a profession like chiropractic and these 7 to while we we try with our podcast to, to to make them broad for the public i think up to 6 they were very broad i think 7 8 and 9 we did indulge just a little bit in chiropractic so probably more for the health professional yep, these ones sure. But certainly, uh, I think even members of the public would have been very interested how a man who starts as a military man mm. and then develops, uh, you know, an interest in chiropractic um, that he does, he flies his own plane so he can do seminars all the way uh, around the United States. That was that was a pretty intriguing story. Well,
1: then he had his wet specimens as well and his photo lab and you know, so he was, you know, I suppose when you see what he's developed over time and uh, and then through the Carrick Institute and then. The next generation of chiropractors are going through who have done the neurology and, you know, you see some of the work that's coming through and, and you know, we'll talk a bit later about the research. It's, it's, it's actually changed not only people's lives, but it's actually changed practitioners' lives. And definitely. And in fact, when we went, that was... What well podcast seven was more about the
0: the, the past sure. uh, podcast eight with uh, Ted Carrick was more about well, what's the current state of um, neuro rehabilitation within chiropractic and uh, and health professionals at large and of course he talked a lot about the need for to develop a referral network or a referral okay. culture uh, within chiropractic. Um, obviously within um, allopathic medicine, uh, GPS are very used to referring to orthopedists to urologists, and neurologists to. Mm. Neurologists, to Gynecologist, whatever it might be within chiropractic, um, we probably haven't quite got that layers um, mm. ju- just yet. But that's something that we're, we're definitely better. working towards. Yeah, we're so, getting better. Yeah. And you also talked about all the different sort of sophisticated instruments that you're, you that a typical chiropractic neurologist may use, such as um, you know, postography qEG video nystagmography, his gyro stim, mm. which has uh, seemed to me almost like a uh, Uh, You know, fairground park kind of ride, but how impressive that was in terms of measuring uh, vestibulo uh, cerebellar function. But as impressive as those um, bits of equipment are, that it really it's the the, the nuts and bolts of observation uh, that are really the key to make a a good um, chiropractic neurologist, if we can use that word. And
1: I think anecdotally, didn't he report the fact that that was one of the things? You know, that he that what he did very well was observe his patients. So. You know, it came down to the basic uh, technique of observation. I mean, today's technology is amazing. What we can order with MRIs and uh, CT scans and uh, angiography, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, something can't be lost with regards to just the bedside ability to observe, listen, um, test in the four walls of our rooms. And you know, as chiropractors, we probably haven't had those sort of privileges of hospital settings and being able to order all these extensive tests, but in some ways, it's it's made us a little bit more insightful. Do you think?
0: Well, I think it's certainly very very important to uh, to have that those grassroots skills, you know, mm. those basic fundamental, be able to really detect those subtle little changes because we're not talking about hard neurological lesions mm. here; we're talking about soft neurological signs, mm. and a keen eye is very important there.
1: Excellent. Then we moved on to the next podcast with Professor Carrick again. And we talked about the future and the research. Yes. Yeah. We and uh, there was a fantastic study you talked about regards uh, P- PTSD patients, post-traumatic stress disorder patients where... Uh, In in a particular case of a study there, there was massive improvement with vestibular rehabilitation where historically a lot of the rehab has been based on a cognitive sort of psychological level. But in this particular case, there was vestibular improvements in 36% improvement, I think, in most severe cases of extreme and severe categories after just one week of vestibular rehab. One of
0: the things they talk about
1: is um,
0: when they're talking about appropriateness of certain techniques for certain conditions or presentations is biological plausibility. Ah, And I would almost think that uh, not that long ago, if you had have said, okay, someone who has what a so-called psychological condition and we're going to work on their balance to help them mm. is that biologically plausible well on today's research yes it is mm. but perhaps uh just 10 years ago might someone might have think you were cuckoo trying to teach um mm. or, or, or provide these kind of uh, this kind of care but yes uh and i think the idea that he gave was that that's that mild traumatic brain injury that might be tied in with post-traumatic stress disorder and that's you know the rationale that he gave for, for, for why those people got better with that sort of care
1: and look you know as we know with balance issues you know balance issues involves the ear the vestibular components it in, involves the eyes and it also involves the spine often in regards, and that's very chiropractic so you know there's there's concepts there that I think we're going to see in the next 5, 10, 20 years. It's going to become a bit more mainstay. Yeah, and there was
0: a few more, obviously, um, bits of research that you talked about. The, the cardiovascular one was very interesting. Of course, you uh, talked about um, the blind spot uh, research, which has probably put um, you know Ted Carrick on the map in terms mm, of saying, okay, well, here, that was the first time it was demonstrated that you know, adjusting the spine may be able to affect, and in fact, we now know does definitely affect uh, brain function. Now, one thing I'm very, it's very interesting. We should uh, admit to our listeners at this point that um, what time in the morning was
1: it when we finished with uh, Ted Carrick? Well, we started at 10 p.m. and I think we finished at 2:03. Yeah, but I think we took a picture, and if we
0: go back and have a look at that, yes, it was two oh three A.M. Of course, with uh, Ted Carrick being in the United States, we were—I wasn't wearing my pajamas, but I might as well have been. Uh, I wonder if we were actually slurring uh, our words by the end of that one. Um, we weren't drinking, listeners. I promise yes. you, there was no
1: alcohol involved. <laughs> it was very late at night. It was one. actually neuronal fatigue. I think it was. That's, I think we that's, call that's, it. Yes. That's what we're going to put it. Indeed.
0: And of course, moving on, uh, podcast ten. This was a great one because mm. this was our first live ah, podcast
1: too, was. so wasn't it? Fantastic. What a great event. In yeah.
0: Sydney with at, at the um, Australian Academy of Functional Neurology. Uh, Annual, oh, Australasia. Australasia. Yeah, I, I think in that podcast I've said Australian. I think you didn't have to correct So To time. our friends in New Zealand uh, and surrounding uh, countries, <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> yes, the Australasian Academy of Functional Neurology. So that was terrific. And, of course, the whole uh, weekend seminar there was about balance and mm. the cerebellum. And uh, one of the really interesting things uh, is about how the cerebellum, of course, fires into the insular cortex, and how that this can inhibit emotional responses mm-hmm. and relate to depression. Now, mm. this was really interesting because it's you think, well, hold on a second. You're talking about balance affecting depression. Mm. If we go back a few podcasts to uh, Margaret Beavis's uh, okay. um, yeah. uh, podcast, do you remember what she sort of said was related to depression? I'm testing you here. This is uh, unscripted. Instead of medication, we're going to exercise, move, yeah, walk, yeah, yeah right. move. Exactly. So she, so it's not as though she was talking about it in more of a general mm. context, and uh, Mark Pick was uh, sort of talking about it in more of a, a deeper neurological mm. context. Mm. But the message is the same that you know, movement can influence mm. uh, emotional health, and he was explaining, uh, I guess, a mechanism for that, as well as uh, the other thing that I felt we found really interesting from that. Uh, particular podcast is how scoliosis can be influenced by the shape of the semicircular canals.
1: Ah, right, that, that's very interesting. Isn't it? I mean, we've always thought it's a gravitational component associated with you know, changes in the curve. But can you explain a bit more regards to that, Anthony? How it's Coming was, from the top down.
0: Yeah, I think he was always saying how, if, if the shape of the canals are slightly altered, that that mm. you know you you might have your individual perfect semicircular canal shape mm. that is perfect view but that might change your spinal structure just slightly and mm. if we're looking at always just straightening spine and if that's out of balance yep. then push it back in or whatever we're trying to do, of course yep. we know that that's not how the nervous system works, yep. but that might be a, a reason why people might have slightly slight variations in their spinal shapes and that might be perfect for that individual
1: Yeah, and the ability of course for us to stay looking horizontally, you know, with, with binocular vision, we need to be maintaining that position so the body sometimes adapts around the brain. Correct, know, and exactly
0: and that was probably another one that was a, a little heavy for the public, probably more for mm. health practitioners uh, but certainly if, uh, you, if the probably wanted to stretch their uh, neuronal capacity, That's, that might be one that they could throw themselves Excellent. into. And,
1: and look, Mark picks an internationally respected uh, presenter and uh, functional neurologist, so we were very privileged to have that opportunity. We, were. we moved on to uh, back chat number 11, didn't we? With uh, another one of our inspirational health individuals, and we, we met up with uh, Mandy McCurie. And uh, she talked about her recovery from chronic pain. Do you, re- you remember that yeah, uh, podcast? Yeah, great story.
0: So, chronic low back pain.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it was actually scoliotic changes. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Right. So, scoliotic yeah. changes. And look, you know, she talked about some really interesting psychological concepts, which, you know, we hear about with. From a cognitive sort of perspective, but it was fascinating to hear from a, a patient sort of perspective. Things like, for instance, stopping catastrophizing or fear avoidance behavior. She talked about concepts of pacing. Do you remember that, Anthony? What that call that? What that was about with regards to pacing?
0: So I guess with chronic pain, which is different to acute pain, and acute pain you probably don't have, and acu- by, by acute we mean short lived, mm. chronic. We can a chronic meaning that you will have it for a long greater time, greater than twelve it's, weeks at least. Yeah. It, it's not necessarily a measure of severity; it's a measure of time. So, someone who has had pain, whether it's a you know spinal pain related to scoliosis for a long time mm. or whatever other reason, you have to develop strategies to deal with it. So, mm. understanding limitations and respecting mm. them, I guess, is the, the idea of pacing. Okay, terrific. The one thing I really got out of that too was the uh, you know pain and suffering are mm. separate things.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Here, so you know that that
0: that um, that, and I guess that goes back to the idea of catastrophizing mm. is that um, you know, sometimes we can get emotionally involved and escape with our pain mm. as opposed to just being more centered and mindful. with
1: Okay, it. yeah, excellent. And look, I think also what Manny talked about with her multi sort of management team of people who who helped her through. We had uh, chiropractic involvement. We had her doing some uh, meditation, mindfulness. Um, exercise, and you know, as we know in practice, you know, more complicated cases require a multimodal, multiple approach, multi practitioner, multidisciplinary team to really help get through these sort of uh, difficult chronic cases.
0: Absolutely, and she's the perfect example of that. So, podcast 12 speaking, you mentioned mindfulness of, mm. as well. This yes. is Dr. Stephen McKenzie, uh, who has a PhD in psychology. And has written two books. One is The Mindfulness for Life, um, which he wrote with Dr. Craig Asid. And then also he's uh, got his Mindfulness at Work, uh, which he released uh, a, few le- a year or so later. So mindfulness, big uh, subject mm. and um, probably, uh,
1: uh, I would say, a bit of a nouveau type of thing, would you say? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and look, remember, we had that practical application in that podcast as well. Didn't Absolutely. We call it, didn't if it?
0: people are going back and listening to this one, they need to not be driving with, ah, uh, of course, yes. Because we did, we it, did
1: pass it, it, didn't we, yes. We did
0: go through at the very end of the podcast, we went through the body scan uh, meditation. And you and I were actively participating uh, in that. And it was a really... I think there might have been... I don't know how much delay it was when he said it was finished and us actually talking again. (laughs) I can't remember if I nudged you or you nudged me. But um, Um, I I guess that whole thing of, you know, we're so busy doing stress that we just don't have time to be in the present. And that's what Mindfulness is all about. Yeah,
1: and being calm, you know. I was actually talking about this in our practice yesterday. We were talking about going through difficult situations with perhaps patients and or even just life events. And one of the tricks, I think, is to try and stay calm as much as possible. And mindfulness connects with that, doesn't it?
0: It does, indeed.
1: Excellent. We moved on to podcast uh, number 13 where we we spoke with Chris Innes from the the Serious Fair Food Organic Food Organisation. Now, you know Chris, don't you? Yeah, well, yes.
0: My connection is that – and let me explain a little bit about what Serious Fair Food do – They're basically um, a not-for-profit organisation that where all their funds raised go to support um, uh, an environmental park uh, in the inner Melbourne area. And uh, it's about providing organic produce that is locally grown, that has a low uh, or zero uh, carbon footprint. And... Providing these, they've uh, got an excellent website uh, yes. where you can order online, and basically the produce gets delivered to a whole brain uh, bunch of different um, food hosts, and our practice happens to be one of them. So yep, on a terrific. on a Wednesday, uh, two o'clock, we get. A whole bunch of boxes that come, and then some sometime between two o'clock and seven o'clock, people come up and, and pick up their box, <laughs> and it's it's a really you know, great great uh, mm-hmm. program. It's great because uh, it's a way of producing organic food that's not too pricey. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, it's you know usually organic foods it might have twice the nutrition, but it's often twice the price. Yep, uh, this it keeps the prices down, uh, and they also do some fantastic things like um, a lot of their workers are asylum seekers and yes. giving them. You know, you might remember we talking. Yeah, yeah. You know, they need that first employment opportunity yes. to really develop something, and then move on and be. And they're just dying to work. So and appreciative, dying to be yeah. a part of the community. So it's uh, it's just good all round for that program. Yeah,
1: look, and that's something we didn't. I didn't anticipate to learn from really. I, I thought we were talking organic food and the benefits of organic food and the organisation of logistics of it. But what was really pleasing to walk away from there is to understand helping those with that first job opportunity and give them opportunities. And, and Chris, I think, relates stories with those people have now moved on and developed themselves to be really great citizens in the community and, and contributing to uh, Australia and uh, our development. So it's, it's a great story. So what were his, I mean, his
0: take-home messages? I remember a couple that well, were... Well, right. I
1: think he, he talked about doing good at every stage of the food chain and uh, I recall him saying talking about the grocery shopping dollar to keep it... To keep it you know, strong with the local economy. Yep. Uh, and the, the final one, which we really like. Letting food be your medicine. Absolutely. That resonates well with us, doesn't it? Fantastic. So, podcast
0: 14, we went to uh, sports podiatrist uh, Tony Mazzarotti. and of course, we went to a specific subject, the subject of heel pain.
1: Yes, we did. And, you know, Tony's a good Italian. Did I mention that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I did. Only a dozen times through that podcast. Okay, okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the bagamo Maserotti connection. Oh, there you go. Uh, And, of course, as, you know, as chiropractors, we see a lot of heel pain. We do. Um, And not all of them require a podiatrist referral i would say the the more minor uh, um or acute ones we would probably manage within our own practice but certainly this can be a complicating Mm. and often chronic nasty condition Mm. that's hard to that's hard to get get a a grip of and and this is where a podiatrist can uh, can often be helpful
1: and as a um, and a weight bearing joint it's it's one of those where there's pretty hard to get relief when you've got a a problem on a foot that you've got to walk on every day. So, uh, you know, often we certainly do need our specialists in foot care, our podiatrists, to come in and, and uh, diagnose and manage cases like these complicated cases.
0: Well, I think he sort of, his main take home message was to uh, not wait for that problem like that to develop. So, that heel pain, which is uh, typically a plantar fasciitis, if it's allowed to develop, yes. then it becomes very difficult to, uh, to manage. If uh, care is sought early and uh, Know, preventative strategies are put in place early, then yes. you know, the, the, the outcomes are generally much better. And, of course, we talked about um, one of the famous cases, at least uh, within Australia, of Jana yes. Pittman, yes. You know, world champion 400-metre um, hurdler who missed out um, on possibly a gold medal at the mm. London Olympics uh, because of this very condition, plantar fasciitis.
1: And if we move uh, into our final podcast of the year, which was uh, just released in uh, on the 9th of December, we moved to another Italian, I think, by the name of uh, Dr. Matthew Adonucci. Sorry to mention that. I'm just recognising uh, in a bit of an Italian theme here, Paul. What's right. going on? I'm not sure he's organising all these <laughs> podcasts. Um, but, you know, Dr. Adonucci talked on the topic of neurological performance in athletes, and that was a fascinating sort of uh, uh, process of going through his view and of his work, where he's done a lot of um, postdoctorate, postgraduate sort of work through the Carrick Institute on different areas from acute brain trauma and um, vestibular rehab and in some nutrition sort of work and, and now sort of putting together in a, in a concept of uh, performance and, and identifying the multifactorial components of perf- performance. We described five factors that included awareness, control, endurance, mindfulness, interesting, another term we've been yep, and power. So how we have to use all those to try and achieve optimal performance. I
0: think that's a really interesting way that he's broken that down again. You know, I mean, we talk about uh, within chiropractic and many other um, health disciplines about the idea of wellness, about which is essentially taking uh, someone beyond just being at a pain relief but really working at an optimal level. Yep. And that's what he's talking about with his performance. Uh, but he's sort of subcategorized it further with those five things again, which roll, roll them off again. I, I, yes, uh, they were awareness, yep. control, that. Endurance, mindfulness, and power. Yeah, so that was it. And he went into
1: a bit of detail about that. A great, great um, podcast. That one I really enjoyed. That Excellent. One. And he and he talked about other factors too, regards the continuum of performance. How we have to establish uh, where a patient's at and follow them through in to, to try and achieve certain goals. And you know that important component of measuring where where patients are at. So these are all important components that we can take from a neurology perspective, a, a, you know, just a general chiropractic perspective. Um, a podiatrist in practice, a GP in practice, these are all really you know, common, common tenets that can be used in uh, all different environments, don't you think?
0: Well, all in all, Paul, I reckon a great list of uh, podcasts. I mean, like I said, there's some outstanding talent with some of the people that we uh, that we interviewed and we really appreciate the time that they've given to Backchat. Yes, chat. we do. Thank you to We would be a, a boring podcast without them uh, as much as we might think that we uh, we can talk until uh, the cows come home. Well, um,
1: that's right. <laughs> it's nice to have some experts to talk to. Definitely. Yeah, no, look, it's been an amazing experience, Andy. I have to thank you for your support and... Um, You've been there for us in the whole process of this year and it's been, uh, it's been a fantastic ride. And we wish to, to, to uh, thank everyone else from the kind support of our listeners as well for the year. We've had some fantastic support uh, through Facebook, through personal exchanges um it's been really an an amazing ride really it has
0: and and both our australian and uh, international audiences i think have really um gotten something out of it and i would like to say paul that i've really enjoyed thanks for inviting me to come along because it was your baby from the beginning and uh yeah i've really enjoyed uh you know sharing these times with you
1: well the good news is that you're coming back next year and we wish to thank you yeah it's great fantastic and we wish everyone a fantastic 2015 and uh we all, Anthony and I, both look forward to seeing you all in 2016. Thank you for listening to Backchat. To stay abreast with updates with Backchat, please go to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Backchat podcast. All relevant websites of links will be on today's show. If you like the show, please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. We'll leave you with one thought, be the best of what you do, and you will grow and inspire others around you. We look forward to catching up with you on our next Backchat podcast. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Couch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, While We Get Fat by Gary Taubes, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash for your free audiobook.